Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 48. My bum's going to sleep, sitting on the floor. I don't know why I record these on the floor. No, I do. Because my office chair's disgustingly noisy and I do not think you want to hear my office chair squeaking (laughs) through a podcast episode. Today, we're going to talk about cooking from scratch because... I've just been thinking about this, right? So there's someone I follow on Instagram who talks, she's a midwife now, but she talks, she shares a lot of stuff about breastfeeding and you know how it's often, it's it's different nowadays, but I know when we had our first son, we were just coming out the other side of the whole breast is best phase. And there are probably still many old school midwives who might have that same approach and it kind of got me thinking about how similar that is to cooking from scratch like breastfeeding a baby yes it's a fantastic thing to do if you can do it but it's not for everyone I I remember the day that I told I didn't ask I told my wife to stop breastfeeding I came home from work so Jacob was a a cluster feeder and I would come home from 12 hour shifts and my wife was just like sitting in the same position I left her in on the chair and I remember coming in for work one day and seeing how exhausted she was and tired she looked and how desperate she was for me to come home and help out and take over and I went straight back out to Tesco and bought formula the formula that he was given in the the hospital because it was a bit tricky to feed initially because it was very premature. So I went out and I bought a tub of Aptimil and that was it. That was it done. No more of this. You cannot put yourself through this anymore. And, she, you know, it it gave me such an insight because, like, I'd never seen that before. I didn't know what the big deal was about breast is best and all the rest of it until you live through that experience and you see what it does to someone and the pressures that a mother would put herself under and the lengths that she would go to to be able to do what they've been told is the best for their little baby. Um, and I know that's completely off topic, but it ties in. It's very similar with the whole cooking from scratch idea, right? Cooking from scratch is portrayed as the absolute pinnacle of health. You know, you know what all your ingredients are and you know what's going into it and all the rest of it and it's it's billed as the best thing you can possibly do and it's just fucking nonsense like yes breast is great breastfeeding is great if it's realistic if it's not putting you into postnatal depression if it's not completely ruining your mental health it's not then the best if it does that is it and it's the same with cooking from scratch like if you if you work very long days you have kids to get ready for school in the morning. You've got kids to get organised at night. Kids to feed. Um, housework to do. Endless lists of things that we all have to do in a day. Is it then realistic for you to to place an extra added unnecessary pressure on yourself to make sure that you have seven recipes written up for the week, all the ingredients in from the supermarket, and then spend... 30 to 40 minutes chopping, prepping, cooking and all the rest of it in amongst all that. 
for some people, yes, it will be realistic. So I, <clears throat> I cook from scratch, at least at the moment. It, it varies, it comes and goes, it swings back and forth. At the moment, I will cook from scratch at the least, at the very least, four nights, usually five, five nights a week. Um, four nights is because we get gusto and Sunday we, my wife really likes the things that I don't like <laughs> which is basically anything that's meat, gravy and potatoes I'm not a massive fan of roast dinners I'm sorry to tell all you roast lovers um, so yeah, it's not my favourite dinner but I get my own way the most of the time so I make the exception on a Sunday and we will cook like a big roast dinner most of the time so I cook from scratch Four nights a week at the very least, because those four are gusto nights. And I love it. I enjoy it. So I, I wake up in the morning. I do the kids stuff, take them to school. My wife goes to work. I do the school run. Then I sit and work, pick up the kids at three and start prepping dinner about half four. It's for my wife coming home around five, half five, something like that. That's how it works in this house. And that's fine because I have the time to do that. I work from home. I run my own business. I can, I can take that time away, right? So I'm quite privileged. I'm, I'm very aware that I'm in a privileged position here. Uh, but the point today is to try and help you see that you don't have to put yourself under that pressure. Like, if, if it's unrealistic for you to cook a meal every single night from scratch, then don't do it. If you feel like you're not getting any time to yourself because of that, don't do it. It's quite a tricky and complex thing because how it can often go is like you think you should be cooking from scratch every night, right? And you maybe do it a couple of times a week and you don't do it the rest of the time. And when you're not doing it, you're feeling bad about not doing it. So you go in the complete opposite direction and you just order a takeaway. And while that's fine... As we spoke about in another episode, there are positive and negative ways to use takeaways. And if you're using it in a negative way as a reaction to, you know, getting annoyed about cooking, then that's when it start things start to go pear-shaped. So I posted this thing on my stories a few nights ago and it got quite a response. Where I, I had a bag of Aldi's salt and pepper chicken balls, right? Frozen salt and pepper chicken balls in the freezer. So I can't remember what happened. Everyone else had eaten. I'd been somewhere. I came home and I had to fend for myself. Um, and it was like eight o'clock at night. I was not standing making a big massive dinner, but that's fine because I've got loads of great options in the freezer. So I went into my freezer, found that bag of salt and pepper chicken balls, which has been in there for months. I'm like, oh yes, this is the opportunity to eat these threw them, because I love salt and pepper stuff, threw them in the air fryer. While those were in the air fryer, I got a bag of frozen onions, frozen peppers, fr chopped, all chopped already, and frozen mushrooms. Threw them into a pan, stir-fried those. By the time the chicken balls were ready, the stir-fried vegetables were ready, and that was my dinner. That was at 10 minutes. Salt and pepper chicken balls on a bed of mixed stir-fried vegetables. Um, and I'm, I think I even went to the lens of plugging it into my fitness pal, which I hadn't used or opened for like two years, um, just to get the calories and macros so that I could share it on my stories. And the thing that I said then was, every meal that you eat does not have to have a name, right? That was not a recipe. That didn't have a name. That's me 
as a nutritionist now, using what I know about food, making a com you know combining foods together to make a meal that does not have to have a name. You know, spaghetti bolognese, lasagna, chicken curry. These are all things. These are all meals. They're all recipes. They're all things that have names, and that's fine. That's what they're called. But every single meal that you eat does not need to have a title. It does not need to have lots of ingredients. It does not have to come from your fridge and it all be fresh and it all be unprepared and you have to chop it and all the rest of it. I always, always have bags of frozen onions and frozen peppers in the freezer. Lots of them because I use them in everything. They are so ridiculously handy and convenient and quick to cook. And you don't throw them in the bin. Like, how often do you throw bloody peppers and onions in the bin? Because you, you eventually go to use it and you pick it up and you feel how soft it is. Or if it's a pepper, you see it's like... Pepper's a funny one because it goes like your skin does. Like it's aged 10 years and it's full of creases and wrinkles. Um... But yeah, not, not every meal has to have a name. There is nothing wrong. I've got jars of sauces in the cupboard. What else have I got? I've got lots of frozen micro meals in the freezer. For times where we do need something quick because, Jesus Christ, my youngest, my four-year-old, he he has his mum's hanger. Um, my eldest is more like me. Like, we can... We can handle hunger pretty well. My wife and my four-year-old, not so much. So we have freezer options. Something that comes up a lot in the group is when, you know, people will be like, oh, it got to Thursday and Friday. We'd ran out of fresh food, so we had to have freezer teas. Um, And I'm like, okay. So, you know, and they highlight that because they'll they'll use that in response to like, you know, how are you how are you managing with the balance of your diet? Are you focusing on this and this? And they'll go, oh no, because we had to have a couple of freezer teas. Now, they're making that sound like a negative thing because their version of a freezer tea was probably, not probably, but just some form of 20 minutes in the oven stuff, which is fine. I'm not um, putting things like that down, right? We do that as well. But just because something, like the food in your freezer, like a freezer tea, whatever a freezer, so like I had a freezer tea, there's a great example, salt and pepper chicken balls and a bunch of mixed vegetables, high protein, high fiber, full of nutrients, that was a freezer tea, equally somebody's idea of a freezer tea might be chicken nuggets and chips, so high protein, not particularly nutritious, but still something to eat, and that's fine, Um, but what a freezer tea means will depend on the foods that you keep in the freezer. So if you do have one of those moments where you don't want to cook or you're out of time or whatever it is, then give yourself great options in your freezer. Don't just fill it with endless frozen potato goods like sponge, well, this is what mine's got right now, like SpongeBob shapes, mini potato waffles, big potato waffles, Chips. What else? Oh, I got some really nice things out of Aldi. What do you call the little square potatoes again? Oh, damn it, I can't remember. Aldi do their own versions. There's like three versions, like a Mediterranean one, a something else one, and a something else one. Spanish one, oh, whatever. But yeah, don't just fill it with, like, 
get some vegetables in there, get some micro meals in there. Another one as well is like when people will be, they'll react negatively by ordering a takeaway. Oh, I didn't have anything in to eat, so I just got a Chinese. Like that Chinese would not have happened. Like it's only happening because you don't have something else in the house. So what's the solution to that? Not that it's, again, it's fine to have Chinese food and takeaways. I encourage it. But again, there are positive and negative ways of incorporating these things in your diet. If you're having a Chinese because you've ran out of food, that's not ideal. If you're planning to have a Chinese this weekend because it's part of your plan and it's what you want to do, that's a bit different. But if the Chinese is happening because there isn't anything else, then get some freezer teas. So I've got two or three of the Aldi Slimwell meals in the freezer right now. Um, I've had them in here for quite a while actually. So if at any point something goes pear-shaped, the kids can have, so there's like a couple of pasta ones in there. There's a chicken curry one that my son loves. Um, there's a couple of macaronis that my youngest would love. And then there's these Slimwell meals that might suit an adult better. So they're in the freezer. They'll be in there for months and that's fine because it's a freezer and that's what you can do. But they're options. They're there just in case. It's not a Oh, the only option I have left now because I don't have this is to spend 30 quid on a 3,000 calorie Chinese takeaway or a 6,000 calorie Domino's pizza. And again, it's not about not doing these things. It's that, like, if you're someone that gets a takeaway every Friday, cool. But if you're also someone that gets a takeaway when they run out of food in the house, well, it's not just Friday, it's also Tuesday and Wednesday. And the more takeaways you eat, the higher your calories will be, the trickier managing your weight will become. But the message, the underlying message of this is that cooking from scratch is fantastic, right? It, for me, a meal that you make with your own two hands quite often tastes better just because you're the one that's put the effort and the work into it. And if you are in a position where you have the time to do that, great. Go for it. Fill your boots. But don't place this unnecessary pressure on yourself that your family has to eat fresh food all the time. And that one of my private clients is like this. She she gets sick of um she gets sick of being the one that has to decide what to what to eat and sick of the one that has to do the meal planning. And I'm like, look, take some pressure off. No, go to go to Iceland. You know, I, I I went to Iceland this morning. I was in a rush though. I was like, do you know what? Our freezer's running low. I should really do a freezer shop and top it up a bit. But I was very pushed for time. I'll do it another day. But go to a freezer shop. Go to Farm Foods. Go to Iceland. Go to food warehouse. Go to somewhere that is specifically for frozen stuff and fill your freezer up with helpful alternatives so that on those days where you cannot be arsed or where you're short on time or where things don't go to plan or when you open the packet of chicken and it fucking stinks and there's no way you're eating that because you don't want to die. Have those options in the freezer. Um, so that freezer teas do not become a negative thing by default because, oh, I ran out of that stuff so I had to just eat chicken nuggets or I just had to just eat a plate of chips and cheese. Have options. Spend time in the vegetable aisle. My goodness, Iceland's vegetable aisle, frozen vegetable aisle, is fantastic. They've got everything, bloody everything. And 
you get really good bags of like mixed vegetables, mixed. They do like a nice collie rice thing. They do some great frozen bags of like paella mix, fajita mix, stir fry mix. And when you look at it, it's just full of vegetables and uh, protein sources. So they're great options to have. And all you do is throw them in a a wok or a, a, a pan and stir fry them for a bit. And that's it. Done. Meal in 12 minutes. Minimal effort. Minimal thought. And they taste all right as well. Anyway. Do not place yourself under the ridiculous expectation that you should or have to cook everything from scratch. Even when it comes to dieting and weight loss. Like, you don't need to cook everything from scratch. That's not a a requirement. Christ. There's a guy. He was, um... What was he? He was a high was he a high school teacher? He did an experiment on himself where he ate McDonald's every day. I'm pretty sure it was every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And he lost like, I don't know, whatever. He did it for a month. Lost so many pounds, improved his cholesterol, improved whatever else, improved whatever else. Because at the end of the day, it's the calories that matter. I mean, I'm not going to say eating McDonald's every day is a very nutritious diet because it's it's very hard to get nutrients from the odd slice of tomato or some onion on a burger or some lettuce and something. Um, I wouldn't recommend it for three meals a day. But it just kind of shows like you do not need to cook from scratch to lose weight. So don't let that be something that puts you off trying to improve your diet or improve your health. And if it's a freezer tea, awesome. Just have some great options in the freezer to mix things up a bit. And that is all you need from me today. Until next time.